This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. Did you grow up having an imaginary friend or maybe a strange hobby or habit? Or maybe you were like me and you kept a childhood diary where you sounded like a brat about your loving parents. Since 2002, Mortified has been collecting embarrassing stories based on childhood memories and artifacts associated with them. Next week, the storytelling series will celebrate 20 years with a special event right here in Chicago at the Big Theater in Lakeview. The event is called Mortified 20. Joining us now to discuss the legacy of Mortified and to give a preview of the special anniversary show is David Nadelberg, Mortified's founder. Thanks for joining Reset, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also with us is Katie Johnston-Smith, a producer for Mortified here in Chicago. She is also a featured storyteller at Mortified 20. It's great to have you, Katie. Oh, my gosh, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Great to talk with you again. Yeah, reunited. Yeah. Okay, 20 years of Mortified, Dave. Did you ever imagine it would turn into the phenomenon that it's become? Absolutely not. It was just, I mean, this was, I found a love letter uh, when I was in my 20s, but that I had written in my teenage years. And, um, you know, I just thought it would be one night of fun on stage in Los Angeles uh, 20 years ago. And it turned into, it turned into um, (laughs) a lot, a lot more than that. Why do you think it's been so successful? I think people... um, have a really powerful relationship to their childhood. And I think this is a version of nostalgia and a version of childhood that is just so intensely personal because it's people sharing their childhood diaries and love letters and, you know, whatever they wrote when they were 13. And it's a real window into, I think, a lot of the specificities of growing up, regardless of the generation you're, you're from. Some mortified stories explore first crushes or first kisses, the use of imagination, relationships with parents and siblings. For those who haven't listened, what can folks expect from mortified and what elements would you say are needed for a successful mortified story? Well, the main thing that you need for uh, to tell uh, to perform in Mortified is you need the artifact. You need whether that's uh, something you wrote as a kid, something you drew as a kid, or even something you recorded, audio or home home movie or something like that. And yeah, and what we do as producers, myself as well as Katie, who's on who's on the call as well, we try to curate that and we kind of help people look for stories hidden sort of in sort of in between the the lines if you were if it were Katie I want to bring you in on this too you've produced live events for mortified here in Chicago over the years what makes a good mortified story to you oh that's a great question Natalie and I think honestly the more mortifying it is the more visibly embarrassed the person sharing the artifact is I think the better the story is I understand an embarrassing letter you wrote as a child, Dave, helped serve as some inspiration for now what is mortified. Take us back to the beginning. You said that this you thought it would be one night in L.A., but how did mortified become what's mortified today? Well, yeah, so um, I'm from Michigan and I was living in California and I went home to Michigan when I was in my 20s. And, you know, when you 
you know, it just kind of went into my bedroom and did that archaeological expedition that I'm sure you've done when you visited your parents' home. Of course. Uh, exactly. And so I happened to find a love letter. You happened to find, what did you find? Uh, my sixth grade diary. There you go. Um, and so you do that, you do that dive and it really, uh, it doesn't just take you back into time. It takes you into a mindset. It takes you into all these things. And I just knew I wanted to share that with people. So I started sharing it with roommates at the time. And then, um, at some point I decided I'm going to just rent a theater. I'll invite, you know, 80 friends, you know, if half of them show up fine, I'll lose, you know, a little bit of money on renting a, a, a theater. And it turned it turned out like it was a sold out and people were like, when's the next one? And then Mortified expanded from Los Angeles to New York to Chicago and San Francisco. And then we started doing books and television and podcasts. So, yeah, Mortified really started taking off over the years. Um, do you have some of that love letter that you could read to us? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. It begins like this. I'll read the first two sentences to you. And the rest you can actually hear if you go to our show at the Vic, uh, you know, where you can get tickets at uh, getmortified.com. Um, okay. So here's the beginning of that letter is, hello, Leslie. How is your day today? Mine's quite well, I must admit. I do hope that yours is a good one because what you are about to read may or may not add an extra color to the rainbow at day's end. So this is, this is a teenage me. I should, <laughs> I didn't set it up at all, but like I'm giving this love letter or hoped to give this love letter to a, a classmate who did not know me, did not know my name. I don't think. And uh, I was trying very hard. So what was hence, her response? Hence rainbow refs. Well, there was no response because I chickened out. And ah. so quite honestly, instead of giving it to her and getting, you know, the, the date that I thought would change my life, I got um, this community that changed my life instead. Well, I'm uh, curious, want... does she know about this? Like, have you run across her on social media or at a class reunion and say, you know what? I never gave this to you, but I've created this mortified community. Here's what's fun. I, I don't know her, and therefore I, I don't know if she has been to a Mortified. We have considered, we tracked her down a little bit for the podcast, and we have considered reaching out to her and doing an episode where this is delivered to her. It's She lives in a city where Mortified does perform frequently. Um, it's possible she's heard of Mortified. It's possible she's even attended Mortified, which she has no idea, which is fun, is that she you know, was a muse for Mortified. And I kind of like that. Katie, what do performers and the audience get out of sharing these embarrassing stories? You know, the, I think something really special that I've seen performers get out of it is discovering a part of themselves that, that was hidden to them. That's a really cool part of it. And then the audience gets to project their own childhood experience onto these performers and relive the embarrassment, the feelings, uh, and they get to process some of those experiences as an adult as well and maybe rediscover something that they'd forgotten or discover something new. This excavation of memory impacts more people than the storyteller. And I want us to hear now from the mother of a participant who shared a story at Mortified 
uh, and mortified event about letters she exchanged with the tooth fairy. And here's that storyteller's mother. When she told me that she was on stage and she was talking about Lily, I literally froze and I didn't know what to say because Lija and I had never, ever spoken of Lily other than Lily the Tooth Fairy. So it was a very emotional moment for me with tears where I didn't know how to tell her at age 35, and I'm 68, that I am Lily. It was never, ever spoken. I wanted my children to have something magical and something very special because I didn't have that. And I was a very solemn little girl. My home life was not what I would consider difficult, but I was the invisible child. And I stayed invisible, not to get involved in any of the arguments or things that were going on. And I used to sit there and I used to say, remember how this feels and never make another person feel this way. So it was very important for me to create for my children a magical world. And it was important for me to create a relationship that she felt safe in. And I did. On the Mortified website, it says, quote, we encourage people everywhere, even those with no interest in appearing on stage, to unearth the strange stuff they created as kids and share it with at least one person. You'd be surprised at what you discover in the process. How common is it for these silly little stories to lead to impactful reflection and emotional uh, breakthroughs, Dave? I think it becomes a real, uh, it's not therapy, but it becomes a real therapeutic experience for a lot of people. Again, removing the mortified stage show from the scenario. If you, uh, you said you just found your, or at some point found your sixth grade diary, not only to, to find that, but to share that with one person, they will laugh, but they will also start noticing patterns that perhaps you don't even notice. Uh, real connect, you know, like similarities between young you and, and, and older you. And that's a real powerful thing to be able to detect. Let's listen to another clip from the Mortified podcast, one with a bit of a holiday theme. In this clip from 2015, you'll hear from Jackie Tone speaking to a live audience in L.A. about how reading Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul inspired her to begin a gratitude journal. Then I got to the chapter that really turned me around, and it was a celebrity pop-in chapter written by none other than television's home improvements, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so grateful. He was so humble. He suggested that anybody reading this keep a gratitude journal. And so then I went on to keep a journal of everything I appreciated in life. And then I'm realizing now, reading back over it, I'm not 100% sure I got the point of the exercise. Gratitude journal first entry. Things I'm grateful for. One, Ethan. Two, I have very good looking teeth. Three, I make really cool collages. July 6, 1999. Things I'm grateful for. One, Tybo. <laughs> Two, Montel Williams. He changes people's lives in a way in which I could only dream. July 28, 1999. 
I was doing crunches when I had an epiphany. <laughs> These next six months will be my six months. I'm gonna take piano lessons, get a job, join a gym. I wanna write songs and have an enormous effect on the lives of impressionable children. <laughs> so Dave, I don't think you know this, but I've done Mortified three times. I didn't realize that now I'm, I'm, now I'm mortified. <laughs> so uh, years ago, before I even worked at WBZ, I auditioned. And with that sixth grade journal that my English teacher had us keep as an assignment, but I took it very seriously. Um, and then I was brought back in 2015 for a best of. Um, and then in 2022, WBEZ, uh, you know, producing Mortified Events uh, brought me back. And that's when I worked with Katie. She was the producer. Um, so I was 11. It's from 1987, and uh, let's hear a little bit of cringiness right now. Today on the school bus, my brother tried to beat me up. I didn't try to fight. I tried to block him off. The bus driver had to pull over. When I got home, I told my mother, and she didn't tell my father. She really didn't care that much. <laughs> P.S. At about 12 a.m., my sister Megan went to the bathroom in my parents' bed. <laughs> October 21st. Today, my brother tried to beat me up on the bus again. My mother still didn't do anything. I hate her. She won't let me be in German, and my brother told her I kissed Marlon. Yuck. She believed him. He's her favorite. My father bugs me, too. They all make me mad. Nobody trusts me. They think I'm a liar. I wish I got a bigger allowance. Life isn't fair. <laughs> October 26th. Hooray, hooray, mom said I can take German. I'm so happy. I'm so happy I start tomorrow evening. And then things turn south again. P.S. I have a slight case of diarrhea. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, Katie, how do you coach? I hope you've cured that. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I hope you've cured that at this point. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't be able to host a reset if I hadn't. <laughs> Katie, how do you coach participants as they prepare to tell their stories? Because you're not, I mean, there is curation that is involved also. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's, it's a matter of kind of looking at what the source material is. And like Dave talked about, kind of looking for the patterns and reading the tea leaves of, of what this kid made and what can we pull out that is like sparkly and juicy and will like, you know, maybe, maybe cause the audience to laugh, but maybe also cause them to like think about something, think about the human condition, think about like what it was like to be a kid at a certain time in the history of humanity. Um, yeah, so it's basically just like pulling out those nuggets and then creating a story around it in co-creating a story around it with the participant um, to help foster uh, their their childhood uh, presentation for a large audience. And Katie, what's the theme of the story you're going to tell at Mortified 20? Can you give us a little taste? Yeah, um, I was a very religiously pious preteen and teenager, and um, it really inspired me to create a lot of things, like lists of things I would and wouldn't do, and uh, 
religious music. Um, all of these things are incredibly embarrassing to present day me. And Dave, we mentioned the live events in other cities, the podcast, there's the Mortified Guide on Netflix. Um, tell us a little bit more about My Mortified Life, a guided journal. Sure. And just as a quick correction, um, My Mortified Guide, which was our mini series, is actually on Amazon Prime now. Um, but, Thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. Um, My Mortified Life was a guided journal that we released, I don't know, like six years ago. Uh, and it was, um, it's a really unique take on guided journals where you're asked about a question and then you're asked to sort of reflect on the same question from two different time periods in your life. Like what's something that scares the heck out of you, you know, growing up and scares the heck out of you today. And then you kind of journal about the differences and similarities of those things. And you rate on a scale of one to 10, like how much you think you've changed. Why did you expand Mortified beyond the stage show into so many different formats? Um, I think because I'm a I'm I'm obsessive, uh, which is actually in the DNA of the letter to my to my crush. <laughs> is like I'm like you know obsessively scheming to you know to try to get her attention. But I think that's sort of my personality um career wise like i just think i like I, I sort of stick to an idea and kind of attack it from all from all angles and yeah and it's also just fun watching a brand like building something seeing something grow and become oh it's not a book oh it's not a stage show oh it's not a it's it's a thing it's a you know it, it has life and what can we expect for the next 20 years well I am sure there will be, you know, we often have digital artifacts in our show, emails and, and, and the like. I am sure we will have far more of those TikToks and, and, and uh, in addition to the diaries. So, yeah. And Katie, in our final moments, give us one last pitch on why folks should come out to see Mortified 20 Live next week. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be a night of people truly being vulnerable and embarrassing themselves in front of a large group of folks. Come out to like learn more about the people who live in your community in Chicago. Come out to learn more about yourself. All right. That was Mortified Chicago producer Katie Johnston-Smith. And we've also been talking to Mortified founder Dave Nadelberg. They are both featured performers at Mortified 20 next week. Thank you both. Good luck with your show. And again, you can get tickets at wbez.org events.